On today's show, we'll be joined by none other than the voice of your Houston Rockets, Jonathan Sanford, the PA announcer inside Toyota Center. We'll take a look at his journey to become the PA announcer for your Houston Rockets. What makes that job so special to him as a huge fan of this team? And we'll also talk a little bit about the exciting future of your Houston Rockets with the additions from this past NBA draft, as well as just how fun this team looked this past season with Jalen Green out and Shingun, their rookie years, all of that, and much, much more coming up right here at Locked on Rockets. This is Mission Control, Houston. Ignition sequence start. With the second pick in the 2021 NBA Draft, the Houston Rockets select Jalen Green. T-minus 15 seconds. Guidance is internal. I'm going to keep working. I'm going to keep getting better every day. I'm going to keep perfecting my craft. And every time I step on that floor, I'm coming. Six, five, four, What's up and welcome to another edition of Locked on Rockets, your daily podcast home for everything Houston Rockets basketball. As always, I'm your host, Jackson Gatlin, native Houstonian and credentialed media member. I'm also the host of Locked on NBA Mondays, host of the State of the Rockets podcast, as well as the founder of ClutchCityControlRoom.com. As always, we appreciate you for making Locked on Rockets your first listen each and every day, free and available on all platforms. That's Apple, Spotify, Google, the Odyssey app. Also, check us out on YouTube. Remember our saying here, for the house, for the team for the algorithm go comment on the youtube channel the comments help us out a ton now today's episode is brought to you by by arcade one up locked on rockets is partnering with arcade one up to give away three free nba jam shack edition machines that's right Three of them. These are the guys known for making the incredible retro three-quarter scale at-home arcade games like Pac-Man, Golden Tee, and many, many more. Enter to win on ArcadeOneUp.com slash LockedOn. That's ArcadeOneUp.com slash LockedOn for a chance to win a free Shaq Edition NBA Jam machine. Joining us now, six foot four out of Jacksonville State University, is the starting PA announcer for your Houston Rockets, none other than Jonathan Sanford himself. What's up, Jonathan? Happy to have you here. Happy to have you here on the program. It is great to be here. Finally get to sit down with Jackson Gatlin and talk Rockets. That's a special privilege for me. I'm looking forward to it. Hey, we've got some incredible conversation prepared today. Uh, but but before we dive into some of the uh, you know Rockets discussion, which hey, there's a lot going on with this Rockets team, a lot to be excited about. We just finished the NBA draft, a lot of talent making its way to Houston. We're going to talk about that for sure a little bit later in the episode. But first, I want to get to know a little bit about your journey, Jonathan, kind of how you came to be a part of this Houston Rockets family. And where we have to start is just you know where did you get your first role as a PA announcer? Well, I was in high school at the time and had an opportunity to fill in for our high school announcer when I was a junior in high school, and I just fell in love with it from that point forward. I had been watching the NBA and NFL and college football and Major League Baseball and always had a little bit of an infatuation for the guy that you heard in the background who always had that booming voice and always kind of caught your attention. It really hit home for me when Ray Clay and the Chicago Bulls, really, Ray was the first PA guy in the league to truly be featured in intros. So I tried to mimic everything I heard back then from the guys I heard in the background of those major league uh, baseball and, and NBA and college football games. So Tried to do that and started to kind of hone my skills as I got a little bit older. 
So you mentioned Ray Clay there. Are, are there any other, you know, names that you want to like kind of shout out, you know, either, you know, just how much of your, I guess, how much of your style, your voice, your mannerisms are, are you versus the pieces of other broadcasters, other professionals that you've kind of like taken, taken from over the years? That's a great question, Jackson, because I think all of us who are PA guys, I had a chance to visit with a couple of guys out in LA here recently. And I think most of us find that we are somewhat of a combination of those experiences, like you said, that you've heard over the years, guys you've heard that you've picked up small things from. And, you know, I've always tried to be myself, always tried to be tried to be Jonathan Sanford and be my own person. But you cannot help, Jackson, but a few things here or there that you pick up from other guys, maybe subconsciously. I don't think purposely you ever really do it, but subconsciously those things start to become a part of your makeup as an announcer. So I, I do have to ask, because this is one of my favorite things that you started doing when you became the the PA announcer for the Rockets, is you've got that during during the tip-off, right? You've got the elongated, it's game time. And I yeah. love that call. Where did that come from? Where did that stem from? So over over the years watching the NBA, I didn't really see anybody doing anything particularly like that. And I just wanted to do something a little bit different to give that atmosphere a little bit of a pump. You know, pregame for an NBA game, that part is the most intense moment to me prior to that ball bouncing on the court for the first time. So I wanted to build that up to that point where the first time the ball is touched. This is the way I explained it out in L.A. to somebody recently, and that is so the the referee gets the ball in his hand, and I started then. And if you've watched me, uh, sometimes that can be a long period of time. I'm holding that out a long time between – and keep on going until the ball is tipped in the air. But I still don't say it's game time until the player touches the basketball, whether it's our Rockets or the opposing player. Whenever they have that basketball in hand, I say, it's game time. So that's just kind of something I did to try to spice up the pregame and, and the intro as we get into the, the action. So have you done PA for anything other than, than basketball? Like, have you done other sports? And, and how does it compare one versus the other? Oh, man, I've, I've been privileged to do just about every sport. It, it's interesting. I grew up in Alabama, so hockey and soccer were not really things that I grew up with. But after moving to Texas, and as I like to say, I got here to Texas as quick as I could. I married a Texan, right? Um, I've had opportunities to do soccer. I've done hockey, you know, football, basketball, baseball, softball. With the UIL, each year I do the state championships for various sports, wrestling, uh, football, basketball, baseball, softball so you have to be kind of knowledgeable a bit about every sport so that when you get behind that mic you're not clueless about what you're to do and 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 i wonder again so like does is there one sport that's maybe a bit easier to call for one that's a bit harder where they either just the pace of play is moving so much faster like how does that kind of compare across the different sports that you've called for that's a that's another great question because I think a lot of people would think that basketball is one of the toughest to call from that standpoint, but so much of basketball becomes a rhythm for you as an announcer, whether you're on TV or radio or, or even PA, you begin to develop a rhythm. You like when a game has a rhythm to it. You don't like when there are constantly fouls and interruptions going on because it's harder to get into a rhythm. But I, w I wouldn't say that basketball is the toughest. I would say, honestly, the most challenging PA that I've ever done was hockey because of the fact that I just wasn't that familiar with it, to be quite honest. Soccer, uh, the same way. But baseball, 
Baseball is probably the easiest, Jackson, from a PA standpoint, and it almost puts me to sleep. Now, the game doesn't put me to sleep, but the lack of announcing, because you do so little announcing. You announce when a batter comes up to the plate, and then the next batter, the next batter, and then the uh, numbers between innings, and, and that's pretty much it other than PA reads and other things. So football in the fall, Jackson, got to tell you, between – the NBA and football, those are my two greatest passions. I love the atmosphere of a high school uh, football game or a college football game and being in a stadium that is packed with people there. I, I just absolutely love that. I've always been a big fan of that feeling. And, and really, that's what got a lot of my attention was growing up in Alabama, going to Alabama football games, going to Legion Field. There was an announcer there by the name of Simpson Pepper. Uh, who was there Ooh, for many, what a, many years. What a name. That's yeah. an incredible name. Yeah, and, and uh, he always had these various sayings that you never forget. Like he had one before a game, as it, as it was getting closer to kickoff, he would say, the current Legion field time is, and then he would give the time. And that's something small, minute like that, but it really caught my attention as a kid. So I, I really love football. But the greatest of all for me, the greatest atmosphere that I've ever been involved in is the NBA and being a part of that atmosphere, 18,000 fans inside an arena, pivotal moments in a game, making those calls that to me have made so many memories for myself and hopefully, hopefully some memories for the folks who've been in the arena as well. And you've been a part of some amazing NBA teams over the years, specifically. Obviously, you spent some time in San Antonio. Look, this is a Rockets podcast. We're going to get to some Rockets-specific discussion here in a moment. But I do want the chance to ask you just what was your favorite memory working for the San Antonio Spurs, kind of carving out those memories that you that you highlighted there? All right, there are two big ones for me. The first is always going to be the 2014 NBA championship. That entire playoff run, starting with Dallas going to a game seven, and it seemed like the situation was pretty dire going into game seven. And then the, the Spurs just really dominated the Mavericks during that game seven. You head on to Portland. You really just trounce Portland there, does the Spurs, and then the big matchup with Oklahoma City. I'll never forget, there was a fairly lesser-known player for the Spurs that year by the name of Corey Joseph. And um, if you remember, that particular Oklahoma City Thunder uh, had Serge Ibaka. Does that name ring a bell for you, Jackson? Just a little bit. Yeah, just a little bit, right? Well, in Game 1 and 2, Serge was out with an injury. Game 3, back in Oklahoma City, he comes back into the game. Game 3, they blow the Spurs out. Game 4, they blow the Spurs out. But Pop put in this little lone guard from the University of Texas by the name of Corey Joseph. And Corey, at the end of that ball game, and somewhat of trash time, Sergi Baca was still out there. And Corey Joseph, to everybody's shock, goes and dunks on Sergi Baca, which was just wow, where did that come from? Like he had no fear. And then going into game five, it was almost as if the Spurs were like, okay, if, if Corey Joseph doesn't fear Sergi Baca, maybe we shouldn't as well. So we blew out Oklahoma City in game five there in San Antonio, beat them in game six back in Oklahoma City, set up the, the rematch with Miami there. And of course that uh, culminated in a, in a Spurs championship for them in 2014. That was a great memory. The second greatest memory for me, because I have been so attached to the Rockets uh, from moving to Houston back in 2003 and becoming a Rockets fan, even before that with Robert Ory, 
to the series in 2017 between the Rockets and the Spurs. I had so many mixed emotions in that series because I have so many friends here in Houston. At one point, I was a Rockets fan right alongside them when we lived here and then never thought I'd end up with the Spurs. So in that series, uh, it it was a tremendous series. And and certainly uh, for me, the end of game number five with Manu Ginobili blocking James Harden from behind, I just never would have imagine that in my entire life so you you lose Kawhi Leonard with about three minutes to go in regulation and somehow the Spurs still won that basketball game I I had already in my mind from my seat was beginning to think about yeah I was going to go to game uh six in Houston anyway there was no way I was going to miss that so in my mind I was already thinking about well what's game six going to be like in Houston with them with the series advantage and Wow, things certainly change at the end of that basketball game. Those are two of my favorite memories. Well, we're happy to have reclaimed you here in Houston. Now you're the voice of the Houston Rockets, as it rightly should be. Despite the amazing times in San Antonio, you're ours now, Jonathan. So yeah, well, with this that- is hey, listen, this is this is where my heart is, and I'm so grateful, Jackson, that folks like yourself. And so many Rockets fans. I was a little nervous, you know. You come into your first season with the organization, and thinking, well, is this guy going to be, you know, are these folks going to accept me because I was once with the Spurs? They're going to hate my guts. And, man, you folks have just been incredible Uh, from the folks on Twitter to all the game operations people, writers like yourself that cover the sport. Man, you've all treated me like a million dollars, and I can't thank you enough for that. Well, we couldn't be more happy to have you as part of the Rockets family. That's what I want to talk about a little bit next. We're going to get away from some of this Spurs discussion. Please, Just kind of wipe that, wipe that off yeah, ourselves wipe a little off. bit. <laughs> Coming up, we're going to talk a little Rockets with Jonathan. We're going to get there after a quick message from our friends over at Sakara. Feeling your best starts with what you eat. Sakara helps you live a healthy, balanced lifestyle and truly enjoy it with delicious, plant-rich, transformational nutrition that builds a foundation for living in your best body. Now is the time to seek wellness, joy, and abundance in all areas of your life, starting with what you eat. With Sakara, you get nutrient-dense meals, snacks, and supplements that nourish your body without ever sacrificing taste or quality. Sakara is a wellness company that's anchored in food as medicine on a mission to nourish your body through the power of plants. Their nutritionally designed chef-crafted meals are made with powerful plant-rich ingredients helping boost your energy, support your digestion, curb your sugar cravings, and get your skin glowing. All the stuff that you should be caring about. Plus, it's delivered right to your doorstep, ready to eat. Right now, Sakara is offering our listeners 20% off their very first order when they go to sakara.com slash lockedon20 or enter code lockedon20 at checkout. That's Sakara. S-A-K-A-R-A dot com slash locked on 20 to get 20% off your very first order. Sakara.com slash locked on 20. And continuing on here at Locked on Rockets, your daily podcast home for everything Houston Rockets basketball. Continue our conversation with the voice of your Houston Rockets, Jonathan Sanford. One of the many voices, right? Because there's so many voices uh, with the Houston Rockets, but this is the the big booming voice inside Toyota Center. So, Jonathan, I got to know, what was it like finding out that you got the job with the Rockets? Just walk us through, you know, receiving that news and, and, you know, kind of what that meant to you (laughs) to know, hey, I'm going to be back in the chair. You know, I'll be completely honest with you and all of your viewers, Jackson. When I was approached about talking with the Rockets, I really approached it from the thought that maybe with COVID, they were just looking for a backup. I mean, it's COVID and you never know. 
And I really, when they first reached out to me and said they'd like to speak to me, I was thinking, okay, well, it's nice that they respect me enough to even have me come in as a backup in case something were to happen to the main PA guy. I know that Matt had had announced that he was you know, going to be moving to radio full-time, but in my mind, I thought they've got to have their guy, right? So when they reached out to me and we went through that process, I've got to tell you, I was I was calling my daughter's homecoming football game. She was the drum major for Clearbrook this past fall. And I'm in the press box there, and I've got my spotter in the press box, and I'm announcing the high school football game. And I look down, and there my phone is ringing in the middle of this football game. And I don't recognize the number, but I thought maybe it was a booster present or somebody at the game that needed to pass on some information. So when I when I answered the phone and it turned out it was the folks from the Rockets, uh, I, at first my mind was thinking, well, they're calling to say, hey, hey, we'd like to go ahead and and make you official as the backup. But when I was told in that moment, you are the guy, I I said, well, that's pretty big because that was not the news that I expected to hear. But immediately, I mean, every ounce of emotion just came up through me because. Jackson, let me tell you, having done this before, it is one of the greatest passions of my life. And from 2018 through 2021, not being able to fulfill that passion left a void in my life. So in that moment, all this emotion just came flooding up. And I said, well, listen, my immediate answer is yes, but please give me a moment to talk to my family. And, uh, and so went home that night and and brought it up with my family. And Jackson, I have five children. I have Haley, Tegan, Billy, Amelia, and Zachary from age 18 to age eight. And to see the looks on their faces, because they've missed it. They've missed being a part of that NBA atmosphere and going to games and, and hearing me announce inside an arena. So the look on their faces, the the joy on my wife's face, if you know the story of my leaving San Antonio, the joy uh, on my wife's face. But she she was always the one, Jackson, that was always said, oh, you'll get another opportunity. But in, in, in my mind, I'm thinking, I just gave up an opportunity. That's not going to happen again. There's only 32 teams in the NBA. That's never going to happen for me again. The look on her face, it was not, I told you so. It was, you know, we prayed about this and, and, and this is, this is really a reality for you. And she was so, so joyous for me that night. So I knew that yes, was the right decision in response. And, and, you know, Jonathan, you talk about, you know, the passion for, for doing this, right? And the passion bleeds through when you talk about it, right? When you talk about, you know, getting this opportunity again to, to be the voice for the Houston Rockets. We talk a lot about home court advantage in sports, right? How much of a role do you feel that, that the PA announcer in general and that you particularly play in creating that home court environment for a team? Well, I have to say, I think it, it's a team effort to provide that home court advantage. I, I would never say that myself as a PA guy will do anything uh, just tremendously effective if I don't have a crowd of people who are passionate as well and a team of game operations, uh, game presentation people who know how to how to work that system as well. I, I think I'd be a little bit... Uh, egotistical to believe that I by myself could do anything to change the environment inside an NBA arena, but all of us together, my voice, the voices of the fans inside the arena and all the staff that I work with, I think together, maybe Jackson, 
that combined so that I can be effective in my job of uh, if the environment, if the uh, noise level is not what it should be together, we can, you know, bring that back up to motivate the team. And I have seen moments and over the years where our teams have come out and, and not maybe started the game with a lot of energy, but then with the crowd getting into it and firing them back, we've, I've seen teams come back uh, because of that effort that we've all made together. So I hope that's okay to say that Jackson, but I, I, I don't put it all on myself. I, I put it on us as a team. No, and I think I, I think that's a, a fantastic way of looking at it, right? You know, the players on the court are a team, and, and you know everybody enjoying the game and creating that environment together. You yourself, you know, the fans, everybody, the game operation staff—that's another team, right? Trying to you know hopefully change the the ebb and flow and, and vibe of the game in the favor of the home team. In this case, of course, our Houston Rockets. But you know, you do talk about the fans, right? And you're you're incredibly involved with the fans, right? You're active on social media, you know, engaging with the fan base, which to me is one of the best parts about this Rockets organization is that individuals like yourself, Ryan Hollins, Craig Ackerman feel so accessible. So w- when stuff happens like, you know, like the Gary Bird phenomena, right? How, how does, how do, how do things like that factor into what you do as far as like what you're allowed, you know, the, the calls that you're allowed to make like over the PA stuff like that. All right. First of all, I love the creative freedom that the Houston Rockets have given me. I had certain freedoms in San Antonio, but never the, great creative freedom that Julian Duncan and and all the folks involved with the Houston Rockets and game presentation marketing have have given me. So and I think Craig and Ryan and Matt Thomas will tell you whenever you have a situation like the Gary Bird phenomenon from earlier this past season, I'm the new guy. I was kind of going to wait to see what Craig and Matt kind of did since I'm the new guy on block. But boy, it was too good to pass up after a while. It was such a fantastic moment in the season when, you know, you you go on that stretch, you you win game number one at home, and that was a great night. But then what, fifteen games, I believe, before the next win, and and you know, bringing Carrie uh, <laughs> Bird uh, on with us uh, was certainly a special moment to see him perform, and then hear that that phrase used by the fans, and then to watch the broadcast and hear Craig Ackerman and and Ryan Hollins uh, get in on the show a little bit. So. I played a little slow, but uh, was glad to be able to get a few Gary Birds out before uh, too long. And so I'm curious how that works from the standpoint of of the players. Do do the players ever give you maybe like a special request, like, "Hey, when I hit a three, can you say this or anything of that nature?" You know, it, in past experiences, yes. Being the new guy, not a lot of the players knew me, and there was a lot of new faces. I think you know that, Jackson. So many new faces in the organization this past year. Um, as you get to know the players, things like that will uh, continue to develop, and and I'm always open to that because usually they have some pretty cool ideas. Um, I was able to work in Splash Gordon and Flash Gordon this year. Um with, of course, the Gary Bird situation, uh, the Texas tornado, Chase Sean Tate. Uh, So there were a few things that we were able to work in this year uh, to kind of add a little spice to the flavor. Do you you have an example of maybe a past occurrence, either maybe with your time with the Spurs, where somebody came to you and was like, hey, like if I, you know, if I dunk like this, can you get me like with a, you know, any, any examples like that that you can share? None specifically that I can share, uh, given, you know, some of those were pretty private conversations, but I will I will nod and say yes there were there were there were a couple um and and they were special because I knew it meant something to the player 
and generally, Jackson, if it means something to the player, it's going to connect with the fans in a pretty cool way. I love that. That's incredible. And I, I do, I kind of have a follow-up from that and, you know, a bit of a different line of thinking here, but I've, I've always been so curious, like just during, during the course of a game, you know, when you are getting ready to make a call over the PA or anything, right, like obviously you're reacting to what's happening on the court for sure. But things like the things that are, you know, dependent on what's actually going on in the game, like a foul or things like that, are you reacting to what the refs signal and, and call out things of that nature? Or do you wait for like, an official score scorekeep or producer or something to convey the message to you. All right, a few things for that. First of all, I'm one of the only guys in the league that keeps all of my stats. I know talking with other PA announcers over the last uh, decade, uh, very few keep their own stats nowadays. I went paperless in 2015. I switched all to iPads and keeping all of my stats using an Apple Pencil and a program that I created for my iPad so that I can keep up with those stats throughout a game. It helps me to stay connected. It helps me to stay focused throughout the game. But when it comes to uh, the report of those things, such as fouls, we as a PA person are very dependent on the correct signals from the referees, from our officials. So if a referee looks at you and gives you the numbers, you have to read those numbers correctly, uh, then make the announcement. Foul is on number 32, blah, blah. His first personal, first team. And I'm keeping all that foul information myself. And that has come in handy over the years. There was a a moment back in the 2015-2016 season where I had kept my stats and it turned out in the overtime period that, that my stats were correct and the official book had an issue. And I'll never forget that night because the refs trusted me enough. Our relationship was was well enough that they looked at me for the clarification. And, and that made me feel pretty good for a moment until Kyrie Irving went and buried a three and, and I went from hero to zero pretty quick. Oh man, that's that's an incredible roller coaster of an anecdote. Just like, oh, I say, you know, I I, I filled in a role, I helped out the refs, and then oh no, I helped out I, the refs. I will refs. never forget that as long as I live because situation set up. They sent him to the foul line, and, and I knew that was the first foul in the last two minutes. I knew that we were not over the limit. They sent him to the line. He had already shot one free throw, and I'm going, this is not right. But I can't, you know. Jackson, I can't get on the microphone and stop the game. That's not my responsibility. Um, it's up to that official bookkeeper to blow the horn and get them over there if there's an issue like that. But he was unsure at the moment. And one of the assistant coaches for the Spurs at the time, Will Sevening, came over to me. He knew how well I kept stats. And he looked at me. He was keeping stats as well. And he knew it wasn't right. And so then – of course, Popovich gets involved and comes over. The, there's a there's a picture of me. It looks like I'm lecturing the rest, but I'm not. I'm just going over the foul count and when everything happened. And then, so they took the points off the board, took him away from the free throw line, gave him the ball side out, and then wouldn't you know it, he hits a three. So, uh, like I said, I went from zero to zero pretty quick. <laughs> All right. Well, coming up, I do want to talk a little bit about the exciting future that we have here in Houston with the draft selections that the Rockets just made with the impressive year that we just had with Jalen Green, Alperin, Shingun, and company. We're going to get there after a quick message from our friends over at Bet Online. 
BetOnline.net continues to be your number one source for all of your sports betting needs and info. Find the latest sports developments, league reviews, and news. They've got you covered for Major League Baseball, MMA, UFC, boxing, even golf. You name it, they've got it over at BetOnline. It is your source for all of your sports wagering information, including live betting, esports, and scores. And right now, you can take a look at the odds-on favorite to be the NBA 2K23 Cover Athlete of the Year. Right now, Steph Curry is the favorite at plus 120. You got John. Morant at plus 125, right behind him. And then rounding out the top five, Jason Tatum at plus 400. Nikola Jokic at plus 600. And then Joel Embiid bringing it home at plus 650. So for all of that and more odds, head to the website today or use your mobile device to learn more about the trends in action available to you. Bet online. It's where the game starts. And final segment here at Locked on Rockets, your daily podcast home for everything Houston Rockets basketball. Now, Jonathan, this is arguably an incredible time to be a Houston Rockets fan. Look, you know, this was a Rockets team that was, you know, vying for championships for the better part of the last decade. And as per the NBA life cycle, eventually you bottom out, you start a rebuild. And but part of the exciting thing about the rebuild is you get to watch these young, insanely talented players grow and coalesce and develop with one another. We just are off the heels of an incredibly exciting season in which we saw Jalen Green start to flourish at the end of the season. We saw Alperin Shingun and just his, I mean, highlights every single time that that kid touched the floor. To you, what was your favorite part of this past season that really stood out to you, be it a specific player, a moment, a game, anything off the top of your head? All right, Jackson, I'm just going to put it to you like this. I never had, in all the time in my previous uh, locale, I never had the opportunity to watch player development from their first time on the court at the beginning of the season to their last dribble at the end of the season. I never had that opportunity really uh, before. So for me coming into this season, getting to see the birth of Jalen Green as an NBA player, to witness his development throughout the season, to see the ups, the the downs, the ebb and flow of his game early in the season and how um, after his injury coming back and just continuing to excel and grow. And then other guys like Josh Christopher, who in all expectation by folks at the beginning of the year would have never imagined the way he would excel throughout the season. For me, that was the most enjoyable part because – it was a brand new opportunity for me, a brand new opportunity to witness something that I've not had the opportunity to witness before, and that is to see a person, a player, uh, both on and off the court develop in such a special way. And and that was the case for, like you mentioned, for Jalen, for Josh, for Alperin Shingun, and for others. It was just yeah, the wins and losses, certainly any Rockets fan would love to have seen more wins, but the development is, you know, I went into this season and my mindset was not about wins or losses. It was about development. And I, I wanted to see what these guys were capable of from the beginning of the season to the end of the season in terms of their development. At the end of the season, I remember walking to that tunnel and I, I saw you that night and, and walking out of that, that arena that night. I felt absolutely fantastic because of the fact that I saw the development throughout the course of that season and those guys that gave you so much pleasure and so much hope uh, in the offseason with the draft coming up and what would be possible for this next season. You know, Jonathan, do you ever have to catch yourself? Because, I mean, you've got you got 
you know, some of the best seats in the house right there on the sideline. Do you, have to have to, do you ever have to catch yourself like in the midst of a game, like you see like fast breaks coming and you see Jalen Green, KJ Martin, they're, they're trucking it and you, you know that you're on the verge of a huge highlight and like your jaw's about to hit the table or something when they, you know, soar through the air or the, you know, crazy dunks going down or you see them pull up from multiple feet behind the three-point line. Do you ever have to kind of like stop yourself as a fan and remember, oh no, I'm, I'm working right now. Now, the, the fan word, that's the key, right? Because I'm a fan. I'm a huge Rockets fan. And so you have to be careful with that emotion, right? Because you're, you're dead center on the side of the court, center court in an NBA arena. And in one hand, you are your emotion is boiling out, right? You, you want to show it so much because it's such a spectacular moment. We saw a few of those last season, especially some of the dunks by Jalen Green and some of the just fantastic moments in this past season. But I try to take that excitement and then work it up through that set of lungs that God has blessed me with so it comes out of my mouth as, and through that microphone so everybody can hear it versus see it. And sometimes I just want to duck under the table because I just want to get down there and start fist bumping. Something has gotten me so excited, but I can't allow 18,000 people to, to see me fist bumping, right? But uh, there are certainly moments where you, where you feel like it. I can promise you that. When, so when, it, when and I, I, I'm so curious to know here, when it comes to those emotions, right, those big time moments in the game, if, if you have to choose, right, does it come down to, do you choose like highlight level, insane, like poster dunk or game winning shot? Mine is always going to be the game winning shot. That's what we live for. That is the moment that as an announcer, you lay in the bed and you think about your call. You think about that call that you could make in that critical moment at the end of the game when the game is on the line, when that timeout, when the, the crowd is on their feet and you're trying to get that entire arena to to react and respond as loud as they can. I, I, I lay and I dream about those scenarios. The dunks happen so fast, Jackson. They happen and then they're gone, right? But those game-winning moments, they last for a lifetime. They We're stick with you. You never forget them as long as you live. You relive them so many times uh, away from the game when you're daydreaming or you're watching old videos. Um, i got to answer again those game-winning shots. We're going to have to combine the two. We'll say game-winning poster dunk. but uh, that's, <laughs> no. that's a good one. That's a good one. Um, now, you know, the Rockets just came away from the NBA draft and they added, you know, three exciting new prospects to this already exciting young core joining Jalen Green, Alper and Shingun and some of the other names that we've already mentioned, Josh Christopher, the, re the rest of the, the, you know, really young, exciting Rockets team. And, and at the top of that draft was Jabari Smith Jr. What to you excites you the most about, about Jabari Smith Jr. as a prospect, as somebody to, to bring into this Rockets organization? Everything. Every single thing. Well, that sums it up. <laughs> I mean, I love I, it. I know that's a simple answer, but doggone. I, so, Jackson, I'm an Alabama fan. My sister's an Auburn fan. Oh. I have a lot of connections down at the... At the a house divided. Uh, <laughs> at Auburn University. Um, and everybody I've spoken with over the last year has raved about this young man. About his drive his integrity, his character, the work ethic that he brings to the table, 
And just, just the ability he has on that court to take all that preparation and execute it in a way that is professional and, and will show itself at the very right moments in time. And everybody that I've talked to has raved about this young man. And I really, Jackson, I, when we were the third pick, and everybody was purporting that Jabari Smith was going to be the first pick in the NBA draft. I thought rightfully so, right? I mean, this kid was fantastic. Uh, and so on draft night, hearing the Houston Rockets select Jabari Smith, Auburn, hearing that, man, my elation, I screamed loud enough that my wife thought something had happened. I mean, <laughs> I'm here in, in my studio room watching it, and I just let out a big scream. And and for me to scream that way over an Auburn player, it tells you how much I love this young man. Uh, he he's going to be an incredible addition to this Houston Rockets team. I was, you know, I was very uh, firm on Jabari Smith Jr. being at the top of my draft board all throughout the pre-draft cycle. And I I'd gotten to a point where, like yourself, I was looking at it, I was like, well, yeah, Orlando should take him number one. He's yeah. the number one prospect in the draft for a variety of reasons. He gives you the shooting, the defense. He's got the size. Like, what's not to love about this kid? And so for him to be available to the Houston Rockets at pick number three, to to <laughs> echo Rafael Stone's excitement when he was talking to us in the, the post-draft media availability, he goes, it was huge. Like, Rafael yeah. Stone's not usually an animated man and he he let his emotions show in that moment that he was excited about the addition of this young man to this Rockets team it was to me I the night before I had had like this dream the night before and it didn't turn out the way reality did and sometimes your dreams are better than reality right but in this case reality was the absolute best so yeah starting with jabari smith a great addition to the houston rockets and then not only that but also adding tari eason another versatile forward great defensive acumen a guy with some size who can defend so many so many different positions on the floor and has a pretty solid offensive bag for somebody that gives you everything he does defensively and then also ty ty washington who they got at 29 which is an absolute steal and who has already become a fan favorite in houston hasn't played a single minute on the court and rockets fans are already absolutely in love with ty ty washington an all SEC draft for the Houston Rockets, and that was pretty special to me because I watch the SEC primarily, and I watch my Alabama Crimson Tide take on the LSU Tigers. And seeing uh, Tari uh, over the last year, just a special, uh, like you say, ball player defensively. I can't wait to watch on a switch Jabari Smith, Tari Eason. That'll be a fun situation for Rockets fans, and then Ty Ty. He's just he's just just barely getting the cusp of, of what he can show as a player. He's going to grow, and I think Rockets fans are going to be pleased with what he brings to the table. I have to put in a, a request here, Jonathan, because I'm sure you've seen this already making the rounds, but Bari and Tari is making the rounds as a nickname duo between Jabari and Tari Eason, and at some point... If there is an assist, a lob play, I, I something. You see, I'm way guys. ahead of you. I'm way ahead I, of you. I've already I'm sure thought you've about already that. Already got it in the works. I, I, that yeah. that that is that is my humble request, as per I'm sure many other Rockets fans, that we need to hear that echoing, reverberating around the walls of Toyota Center sometime next season. I grew up back in the old days of video games, and Atari uh, was my first video game console. That tells folks how old I am, right? 
But uh, I loved he had on a necklace with an Atari uh, logo on it. Uh-huh. And uh, so I've been thinking about that, you know, joystick, whatever. Um, and then just various things that I've been brainstorming for Tari Eason, of course, Jabari, man, I gotta, I gotta really come up with something great. Cause I've got all these Auburn fans back in Alabama that are already hitting me up on social media and even calling my cell phone going, what are you going to do for Jabari Smith? You got to come up with something, son. So, uh, don't worry. We're in good hands. Yeah, it feels like it feels like a lot of Auburn fans have now co-opted, you know, the Rockets as their like NBA team of choice that I saw a flood of them. They were like, hey, we don't root for NBA team right now already. So like we're just going to suddenly start rooting for the Houston Rockets. And I just I love that for the Rockets organization. We welcome all Auburn fans with open arms as well as LSU fans and Kentucky fans. You can come as well for Tari and for for Ty Ty. But Jonathan. Any any parting words here for the Rockets fans who have made it to the to the very end of this podcast? Well, first of all, thank you for listening to me for for this period of time. I I don't claim to be one of the most exciting people on social media or as an interview, but man, I just thank you for spending your time, a little bit of your time, uh, listening to a little bit of of my life and my experience with your Houston Rockets. I am delighted that we are getting closer and closer to another Houston Rockets season. I wish, in fact, if anybody out there wants to travel with me to Las Vegas, to the Thomas and Mack Center for uh, that opening game on July the 7th as your Houston Rockets take on the Orlando Magic. Um, If anybody wants to travel with me out there, hey, we might can do that because the thought of seeing Jabari Smith and – Paolo Banquero on the other side uh, might be an interesting fun night for Rockets fans. That's going to be an absolutely must-watch, must-see matchup. I'll be out there in Vegas Summer League for that matchup, ah, so definitely. Good for you, yeah, man. There we go. Good for We're, you. We might have to do a Rockets meetup of some caliber out there for all the Rockets fans that can make it out there. But Jonathan, an absolute pleasure to have you on the program. Do me a favor. Let our listeners know where they can track you down at. You can find me on Twitter at the J. S-A-N-F-O-R-D. Again, at the J-S-A-N-F-O-R-D. Jonathan, appreciate your time. Thank you, man. Go Rockets. That's going to do it for our episode with Jonathan Sanford, the voice of your Houston Rockets for every game at Toyota Center. Let me know what you thought of the episode in the YouTube comments. You can listen to the episode wherever you get your podcasts, Apple, Spotify, Google, the Odyssey app, free and available on all platforms. already mentioned YouTube. Go to YouTube, search Locked on Rockets, like, comment, subscribe, all that good stuff. But as always, thank you so much for watching. Thank you so much for listening. And we look forward to having you back right here at Locked on Rockets, your daily podcast home for everything Houston Rockets basketball.